five, four, three, two, one. Let's do this. It's time for another Off the Mound podcast presented by Sloan. I'm your host, Ryan Dempster, and today is the greatest day I've ever known. Can't wait for tomorrow because baseball may be coming back. And that, my friends, is a very, very good thing for all of us. And a special shout out to Billy Corgan right there at the Smashing Pumpkins. Hopefully we have baseball coming back. It's right around the corner. On today's show, we got a pair of sluggers who had some power up at the plate. First up, five-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger. That's right, World Series champion with the 1995 Atlanta Braves. Hit 30 bombs for the 2002 Cubs. First baseman, the crime dog, Fred McGriff. Plus, we have MVP of the 2005 World Series as a member of the Chicago White Sox. It's outfielder Jermaine Dye. So... Let's get it started right now with the crime dog, Fred McGriff, unleashed on Off the Mound. Freddie, how are you, pal? Uh, what's up? No, good to see you. You know, I'm, I'm hanging tough. You know, I, I feel bad for you in Chicago with the weather being up and down. I'm in sunny Florida. You know, I look outside and it's about 80 degrees, right? Now. This is beautiful. So the 412 you hit off me wasn't enough. Now you got to rub in the fact that you got really nice weather down there, too. <laughs> Well, you know, Ryan, the thing about it is, see, I used to love it when you played with the Marlins and everything, because your pitching staff, I mean, you guys were coming right after people. I mean, you weren't playing games. You weren't trying to trick people and everything. You were coming gasoline yourself, uh, you know, Beckett and uh, the rest of the staff. I mean, you know, all the time they were coming right at you. So I knew going in, it's like I had to be ready because these guys are going to come right at me. And uh, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, we were always like, it was funny you say that because like Penny, Burnett, Beckett, myself, it was like, who could look at the radar gun and throw harder? Meanwhile, we'd face you guys with the Braves and all those guys would be pulling the string on all our hitters, winning all the games. But man, we're throwing hard, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's good to see you because it brings back a lot of memories, good memories, you know. Dude, your OPS off me was 1424. Like it was like, it was so bad. I remember facing you. And uh, you, it was the same day, actually, or a day before we went to the All-Star game in 2000. You were with Tampa Bay, and you lined out. And I remember you, like, lining out and coming down the first baseline, and I said something to you, like, really, like, again? And you just smiled with that smile you got right now, and you started laughing at me, and you just kind of – it was almost <laughs> like that Michael Jordan when he did the, you know, like, I don't know. And it was just, like, everything you hit. I, I threw a slider in your shoe top that was – a rope down the line. If I threw a fastball away, it was the other. You just you, you saw the ball really well off me, so I tip my cap to you. Um, it, it was good, but there was well, like guys. I said, Ryan, the... you were, you. Were, but the thing about it, Ryan, I would tell you because you would come right at me and the thing about it. But but like, see, what kills me in today's game is that guys have all this arm guard. Because see, I was never scared of a right-handed pitcher because right-handed pitcher, you always see the ball well coming. You know either up here or coming down low. So, but it was left-handers that you didn't see very often. Cause growing up when you're young and everything, you're facing mostly right-handed um, pitchers and everything. So you don't see lefties. So when you see the ball going away from you, 
makes it a lot tougher. But nowadays it kills me because the batters, they got elbow guards, they got shin guards, the Justin Turners and all these other guys. They, they play big and bad. They play like they so big and bad. They like, they get on top of the plate, you know, right? And they're like, come on, come on, come on. I'm like, dude, you know, take off the arm guard, take off the shin guard. Okay, now let's play ball. Because now as a pitcher nowadays, they got no chance. Well, when, when they did throw it over the plate, you, you crushed it. You 493 home runs, 1,550 RBIs, five-time All-Star. Um, you know, you raked in the playoffs over 300 hitter with 10 homers, 37 ribbies. That's like, you know, big numbers in the playoffs. And then when you put all those together, um, you know, for me, I said it when I introduced you, is I feel like you belong in the Hall of Fame um, with those numbers. And, and I'm not alone. I know a lot of people feel that, uh, that way. Do you feel like um, – you know, with the Veterans Committee and and going forward, um, A, do you think that there's a possibility that you'll get in? And and B, um, what would that mean to you to get into the Hall of Fame? Uh, what do you tell me? It's a good possibility. But I, I've been very blessed, Ryan. You know, like that. I got cut from my high school team, and they had a senior first baseman, a guy named Izu Segura. So I'm like, man, I got no chance to play first. So I'm going to try for the outfield. You know, I never played it before. Long story short, ended up getting cut, you know, so I had to go back and play at my um, Little League, uh, West Tampa Little League over here in Tampa and everything. So for me, to overcome all that, you know, be blessed to play 18 years in the big leagues, for me to hit one home run, you know, because I grew up uh, going to uh, Tampa Tarp Cincinnati Reds spring training games when they had it here in Tampa. So for me, to just get one day in the big leagues, I mean, it, it was awesome. You know what I'm saying? So everything else... It's like icing on the cake. And so it, it would be awesome, but you got to keep going on. You know, you got to keep some things that you can't control. You know, if you can't control them, then hey, you just keep rolling and uh, we'll see what happens. So this is a little segment we're going to okay. have. Uh, this is our questions from our RG fans right here. Who was the toughest pitcher you faced? Toughest, I would say, uh, Randy Johnson, just in the sense where um, he had that real good, he had a big time slider, good slider. And so, and plus he threw hard. And it was wild because, like I said, fear plays a big part. So for me, you're trying to stay in there and keep your shoulder in there because he has that slider, but he's all over the place. <laughs> and so I always tell myself, like, I laugh because you know you're on TV, right? And so you go, okay, don't embarrass yourself. Don't let him get you like three or four times in one game, okay? Just make contact. I don't care where this ball goes, but just put it in place somewhere and you could run down the first base and you could be laughing like, yes, I made contact. You know, that's all I want to do. You know, I'll get somebody else tomorrow. Somebody going to pay tomorrow. But for this day, I'm not going to let Randy hit me in the head. You know? <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, so Randy was the toughest, man, because you tried yeah. to hang in there, but he was just, he was a little wild, man. Yeah, he was nasty. This comes from obviously the fans on the north side. And, you know, you played uh, two seasons in Chicago. Uh, you know, what was it like to play at Wrigley Field for you? I had a great time, you know, and the, and the best part of all, and I laugh about this is, I'm taking batting practice almost every day with Samuel Sosa, me, Moses, Alou, and Samuel Sosa. We took batting practice at the same time every day at home, on the road. Okay, and here you got Sammy's hitting home runs left and right, you know, over scoreboards, <laughs> over everything. <laughs> and so wherever Sammy went, you know, it was a big crowd for batting practice. For batting practice, we're talking about. 10, 15,000 people everywhere, right? So Sammy's hitting bombs, right? 
And then me and Moses and Lou, we got to get in the cage, right? And then whoop, whoop, we're, we're punching balls to left the year. <laughs> it was like embarrassing. It was crazy. Sammy hitting balls, moonshots everywhere else. So uh, it was a trip. Well, when it came time to the game, though, you were you were hitting homers in the game. Dan Plesak was telling a great story about the wind blowing in about 30 miles an hour, and you hit an absolute just missile left field off of him. And Plesak's no joke. You want to talk about tough lefty-on-lefty matchups. I think you got a heater down and away and just hit a rocket to left field, cut the wind. And he still, to this day, says one of the most impressive home runs he's seen at Wrigley. Oh, there's no question. Every time when I see Plesak on TV, right, I know what kind of stuff he had. Like you said, <laughs> he, was no, he, 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 he was no joke, you know. So so when you see Plesak, you just go like, okay, he was a good pitcher. <laughs> You were great on your time on the north side of Chicago. The, the Cub fans uh, loved having you over at first base. Um, everywhere you played, San Diego, Toronto, Tampa Bay, um, Atlanta, um, even the Dodgers for a little bit. But, um, you know, you, you were a fixture at first base, um, one of the premier players, and so humble about it. It's fun to see you smile and, and catch up on these memories of, uh, of all this great time. Thanks so much for sitting down and, and talking with us today and, and taking a trip down memory lane because right now there's no baseball and that's all we got. We really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, Ryan. Always great to catch up with Fred McGriff. What a beautiful, beautiful human being that guy is. Although out on the baseball field, he was not very nice to me whatsoever. Career batting average of 412, OPS over 1400. If I threw it up anywhere near the plate, there was a pretty good chance he was crushing it somewhere. Well, up next, that's right, we're bringing the 2005 World Series MVP, outfielder Jermaine Dye. Jermaine, what's up, man? What's up, Deb? How you doing? I'm good. How's how's life treating you in this quarantine era? Oh man, you, I mean, this is it's been tough, but uh, you know, I'm around. I'm surrounded by family, my kids, and my wife, and. Uh, I'm at home, so, you know, not much to do, but uh, we get into a little routine. Uh, I'm usually the first one up, and uh, I just get me some coffee, maybe go outside, enjoy some fresh air. But other than that, we're just uh, hanging out and uh, just just trying to uh, create some sort of uh, good family time. You know, going going a trip down memory lane, you, you, you play, you come up with Atlanta, then you get traded to Kansas City. Um, you have some monster years in Kansas City, then you get traded to Oakland uh, via Colorado in a three-team three, three team deal there. Um, but then you come to Chicago, your first time as a free agent, you get to be a free agent. What made you pick them? Why, why the Chicago White Sox? Um, you know, it's a pretty good story. Um, I just remember uh, me and my dad talking, and uh, <clears throat> I had two teams. I had the Chicago White Sox, and I had the Texas Rangers. Uh, Texas Rangers had um, an extra year and more money. But then the Chicago White Sox came in kind of late, and I just felt like, you know, on paper, you know, I think that was the best chance I had to win a, a championship and get deep into the playoffs and hopefully win a World Series. So I decided to, uh, you know, take one less year, take a little less money, and just go out there and, and prove myself. I was coming off of a year in Oakland where um, I just broke my leg, and, uh, you know, I was trying to just get back on track again. So you know, Chicago, what, you know, you went in a big city, as you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you're golden. So I just wanted to just bet on myself and get out there and then try to prove myself and things worked out. You look back at that and 
Um, you know, it wasn't the 108 years of the, the Cubs, but it still had been a long time since um, the White Sox had won a World Series. What, what was that like when it finally happened and, and just seeing the energy of the city and going through that parade? And um, you were the World Series MVP. Like, I mean, your starting rotation could have been MVPs collectively because they just dealt, but um, you led the way offensively and, and, and then go out there and win an MVP and bring that championship finally back to the south side of Chicago. You know, what did that feel like? I mean, it felt great. I mean, you know, each night it was a different guy going out there doing, doing something to help us win. And, and our pitching staff, you know, they were unbelievable throughout the season, on into the playoffs and into the World Series. And, you know, to have a guy like Bobby Jinks just come out of nowhere um, and, and do what he did to close games out, you know, it was just awesome. And then, you know, to go through the parade and and see all the, the, the fans and the, the, the kids and the people just, you know, outside hanging out of windows. That's, that really touches you and, and, and puts in a perspective of, of how great of a city Chicago is and how diehard of a fan uh, base that uh, both teams have in, in Chicago. We kind of had like the height of the Sox-Cubs rivalry. Still worst moment of my closing career at Wrigley Field. I had two out, nobody on, and you hit a little ground ball up the middle. Uh, or somebody hit a ground ball, then I walked you, and then AJ hit a three-run homer on a hanging slider, and he's yelling around the bases at Rakeley. I don't, I can't even imagine. There's not, I can't say it on TV right now, and I still to this day, I'm like, if I could have one pitch back as a closer in my entire career, it's that pitch to that guy right there. That guy, right? <laughs> but you know what? You know, AJ. You know, you know he he has his good days. He has his bad days. I mean, we, we dealt with it in our clubhouse. You know, AJ's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, you know, when it all boils down, he's a great guy. He's a great family guy. And um, it's, just, it's just when he steps on that field, I mean, you love to have him on your club, but you hate him as the opposing team because he just <laughs> wears on you. I mean, just wears on you. You're, you're doing stuff. Uh, I know you're bummed out. You just had to uh, cancel a golf tournament. Um, that you had for your charity, you know, talk, talk to us about what your foundation is doing and what you guys are trying to do. And is, is there anywhere that people can go to, to help out and, and, you know, and still give back, even though right now we can't play golf and get until we get back there. Well, I teamed up with a, uh, it's called Fresh Start Caring for Kids. It uh, raises money to, to do surgeries for kids, babies, adults, whoever that have deformities and, uh, we just have to pay for the medicines and to put them up in the in hotels and and feed them and stuff like that. And Rady Children's Hospital here in San Diego and University of Children's Comer's Children's Hospital in Chicago, they do all the surgeries and donate all the OR rooms for free. So um, it's been great. We've raised a lot of money, and unfortunately, I was supposed to have my tournament. Uh, this past Monday this week and had to postpone it till October 4th and 5th of this year, hopefully. So um, you can go to freshstartcaringforkids.org um, or freshstart.org and uh, look up uh, uh, info or, you know, just go to germainedie.com and you can get to it that way also. So um, that's awesome. A, sad sad week for me this week and uh but uh you know we'll get through it and we'll uh become better from it
Absolutely. Well, here at Off the Mound, we believe in giving back and helping out. So um, we're going to go to Fresh Start as well, and we'll uh, donate $1,000 to the Fresh Start Fund, um, caring for kids and, and help out that way too, and, and keep it going even though there's not a golf tournament. And I look forward to maybe you saving a spot for me in that October 4th and 5th Definitely. tournament. Definitely. All right. Count yourself in. Good. Perfect. Perfect. Well, J.D., um, you know, you were a pro's pro. So much fun to compete against. Um, admired the way you played and, uh, you know, happy for, for you and your career and now happy for you and your family. And, and now you get to watch your kids live out their dreams as football players and your daughter growing up and becoming young adults. So um, thanks so much for joining us here today on Off the Mound. Uh, we had a blast catching up with you and glad to see that you're doing well, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me and uh, hopefully see you soon once this is all over. So glad both Jermaine Dye and Fred McGriff took some time to post up with me for some quality time here on the pod. Those two dudes combined for 818 home runs. It's a lot of dingers, folks. Well, please head to marqueesportsnetwork.com or download the Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster podcast presented by Sloan wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, be sure to tune in every Friday night on Marquee Sports Network. Until next time. I'm Ryan Dempster, and thanks for going off the mound. See you later.